of heights to the depths of the sea. This one who had come from the line of Judah, where the scepter would not depart from his reign, his line, it all came through him, came down to David, and then David finally to Jesus Christ. The soon and coming king. Right, Pastor Richard? The soon and returning king. I like the way he ends his services usually in that way. The soon and coming king. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher, Rob Kellogg. Here, Matthew made it clear that the genealogy is not complete. There weren't actually 14 generations between the points indicated, but Matthew edited the list to make it easy to remember and memorize. The practice of skipping generations at times was common in the listing of ancient genealogies. Matthew did nothing unusual by leaving some generations out. This genealogy establishes Jesus from the line of David, which supports God's promise of keeping David's lineage on the throne, but also establishes Jesus as our King. Now here's Pastor Rob as he concludes this portion of chapter 1 in the book of Matthew. Spotless. Everything I do is spotless. That is true of God. But isn't it wonderful that he uses people? He uses imperfect people. And I like that because I qualify. I'm an imperfect person. And I hate to bust your bubble, but you're not perfect either. Right? Is that true? I have to come to that realization before I need a healer, before I need a savior. I need to know that I need to be saved. And I need to be saved, so save me, God. Throw me the life preserver. I'm drowning. (laughs) But notice, the Lord was not threatened or ashamed of these women. I mean, let's just take a look at this really quick. It's it's really, um, really wonderful. Or we we will get to that, actually. Um, But in Hebrews, what does it say? Hebrews 2.11, what does it say to us? It says, For he, Jesus, who sanctifies uh, and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. He's not ashamed to have these women, and some of them have really questionable, sketchy backgrounds. He's not ashamed to put them in because every one of these, including Rahab the harlot, yes, a Canaanite, a Gentile woman, was in Jesus' line. Yes, a Gentile prostitute. And see, that drives people who are steeped in legalism, it, drives them, it gives them hives to think that Jesus would have anything to do with these people. But see, that means that Jesus is a God of love and compassion. He doesn't condone any of these things, but he's not afraid and ashamed to call them brethren because he loves, and he loves fiercely. And it's for them that he came to save, and such are some of us. Such are some of us. 
And so notice, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And notice, underline son of David because this is a messianic title that he's giving. Again, because we're looking at the tribe of Judah and Jesus being the heir to that throne of David. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus, in verse 41, begins to upbraid the uh, the, the Pharisees. And he says... Um, he asked him, he says, what do you think about Christ? What do you think about Christos, the Messiah? What do you think about him, Pharisees? Whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. And he said to them, well, how then does David, and he's speaking of Psalm 110 here, how does David then, by the Spirit, call him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, Jehovah said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he then his son? And no one dared ask him any more questions because he stumped the experts. But the truth of the matter is, Jesus was the son of David. But he was also David's Lord. He pre-existed before David was born, but he was also David's son. He came from that line, even though he pre-existed even before Genesis 1, verse 1. Everybody follow me? Yes. And now notice, going on in verse 2, he says, Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob. If you go into Genesis and look at these genealogies that are written there, this is how it goes, and this is how it's listed. So Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. And then one of those 12 of, of Judah, or of Jacob, excuse me, was Judah. And notice, and Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Tamar? Remember Tamar? In Genesis 38? She was the daughter-in-law to Judah. Judah had a son. He was married to Tamar. The son gets sick and dies. And Jewish custom was that one of the other sons of Judah should marry the widow now and raise up seed for their name. But for some reason, Judah didn't do that. And so it forces Tamar's hand, and now she dresses and plays the role of a harlot, and she entices Judah, her father-in-law, to have intimacy with her. Of course, she doesn't reveal herself to him. She ends up having, she conceives and has two kids, Perez and the other Kind of questionable. Kind of something that if I was going to go to the press, I might not want to talk about that. I might want to scoot that under the rug and kind of cancel that, censor that. But Jesus puts it right out there. The Holy Spirit says, hey, look. <laughs> He's not afraid. He's not ashamed to call them brethren. He's not ashamed of you either. No matter where you've come from, what you've done, He's not ashamed of you. I'm ashamed of my sin. And when I came to Christ, I was ashamed. And when I came to him, he cleaned me up and he forgave me and washed me up and sent me on my way. And now I've got a plan and a purpose for my life where I had none before. But see, that's who we are. That's what he does. That's the miracle that he does. That's the mystery of the gospel. That God would die for us. 
in my place, that I deserve judgment. He bore the judgment for me. And now going on, and Perez begot Hezron, Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begot Aminadab, Aminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon, and Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Really, Rahab? What's about Rahab? Well, Joshua tells us, remember, she was a Gentile prostitute from Jericho. Remember when they first came into the, to the promised land, the first city that they hit, Israel, was the city of Jericho. And it says, Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and they came to the house of a harlot named Rahab, and they lodged there. And again, the Lord doesn't sanitize the truth. Yes, these two kosher Jewish young men came to a harlot's house. Now, I'm sure they didn't have intimacy with her, but they, she was one, because her house was right on the wall of Jericho. So they visit her to kind of come into this town, kind of incognito, to spy out the land. What does Hebrews tell us? By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down and they were encircled for seven days. But by faith, the harlot Rahab, you know, isn't that interesting? Because Rahab came to faith, but the Bible makes sure that you don't forget that she was a harlot. And I'm kind of glad for that. And I'm sure Rahab is in glory right now thinking, you know, Lord, I don't have a problem with that. Because I know who I am. I know I'm in you, and I'm in Christ. I don't have a problem with that, but it's good for us because we remember who she was, but who she isn't now. She's not Rahab the harlot any longer. But that's who everybody saw her, and I think the glory of God is, is magnified in keeping that name. Not so much to rub her nose in her sin, no, not at all, but rather to show his goodness and his grace. So Rahab the harlot... She did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Even in James chapter 2 it says, Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified? Wasn't she justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? And what about Ruth? We see that in the genealogy here, right? That Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, who was David's father. What about this, what about this Ruth? Well, she was a Gentile as well. She was from Moab. She was one of the perennial enemies of Israel. She belonged to a nation that was not in cahoots with Israel. They were enemies. And Ruth was daughter-in-law to Naomi, the Jewish woman whose her husband and her sons died. And now she's got her, her daughter-in-law, and her daughter-in-law wants to go back to Israel with her instead of going back to Moab and worshiping the false gods that she had, been grown, up, she had grown up with. She wants to go back and, and worship this God that Naomi has been talking to her about, that's been grooming her for and telling her about. Sorry, I used the word groom. I know that's a bad word in this culture. But again, another very unusual woman in Jesus' genealogy. And again, this is just a point of grace. A point of grace because in Jesus' birth line, there's a hint, isn't there, of their bringing together of Jew and Gentile to form what? The church. Even in the Old Testament Yes, the same God who called down fire is the same God who caused uh, uh, Ananias and Sapphira to drop dead. 
People think, well, the God of the Old Testament's the angry God, and the one in the New Testament's the good guy. No, listen, he's the same. He's consistent throughout. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He is holy, and we need to reverence him. We need to worship him. Why? Because we're afraid? Yes. I am afraid of God, in a sense. I'm not afraid of him now because I'm I'm one of his. But I reverence him. I I, I have an awe of him. But I'm not afraid of him anymore because I know he's not going to toast me. Like he did with Nadab and Abihu when they offered strange fire before the Lord. He's not going to smoke me. He loves me and you. And see, that's why he wants us to reach out to others and to tell them of this great God Can you see the grace in this genealogy? I mean, it does. It tells us from Abraham to Jesus, the line of Judah, very clearly. And and even in Luke's uh, genealogy in chapter 3, verse 23 through 38, it tells us all of that. But in within Matthew's genealogy, showing us that Jesus is the king of the Jews, the rightful heir to the throne of David, it even shows us these gracious little tidbits of just God's character. Yes, there's a harlot, a Gentile. Canaanite harlot in my genealogy, and yet he is not ashamed to call them brethren because Rahab came to faith. Ruth came to faith. Bathsheba, as we're going to see. You remember Bathsheba, right? She was the wife of Uriah originally. And David sees her while her husband is out fighting a battle. David's out in the... Top of his palace, sees her out there bathing herself. She shouldn't have done that, by the way. She should have, maybe should have done something, bathed somewhere else. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. But David is there. He sees her. He wants her, so he fetches her. She comes over, and they have relations. You know, this, you know the, the event. It's not a story. It's real history. You can read it in Second Samuel 11 and 12. But yes, this woman gave birth to Solomon when she and David had an adulterous affair. And yet God is not ashamed to call her brethren because she came to faith. And then going on, Solomon begot Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa. These are all kings of Judah. Asa begot Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begot Joram, Joram begot Uzziah, Uzziah begot Jotham, Jotham begot Ahaz, a really nasty, wicked king, by the way. And Ahaz begot Hezekiah, a pretty good king. And Hezekiah begot Manasseh, another bad king. Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josiah, a wonderful reformer king. And Josiah begot Jeconiah, or his name, uh, you might have known it as Jehoiachin, or Coniah is another one of his names. And his brothers, about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And notice, and after that, they were brought to Babylon. Jeconiah begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Abiud, and Abiud begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok. Zadok begot Achim, and Achim begot Eliud, and Eliud begot Eleazar, and Eleazar begot Mathan, and Mathan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So there it is. There's the proof. So why did I go through all of that? 
to show to you, to prove to you where this all came from. It all started in Genesis. This one who had come from the line of Judah, where the scepter would not depart from his reign, his line, it all came through him, came down to David, and then David finally to Jesus Christ. The soon and coming king. Right, Pastor Richard? The soon and returning king. I like the way he ends his services usually in that way. The soon and coming king. And then finally Mary. She's in there as well. And naturally so. She's the... She carried Jesus for nine months. I think her name deserves to be in there. But again, covered in suspicion. And we're going to stop here. Because we already looked at verse 17. Just summarizes what we read. But in all of this, God was not ashamed to call them brethren. So there's all this evidence, all this proof of who Jesus is, who his line is, what is going to come through his line. And then even interspersed in these genealogies, we see some really wonderful things. We see God's grace all over the place. Hey, that would be a nice shirt to make. Grace all over the place. Grace, there is. There's grace all over the place. And I'm one of those pieces of grace. And you're a person of grace of Jesus Christ. See, he loves you. He loves people. And he doesn't care what you've gone through. And we'll just end with this. Regardless of what you've gone through in your life, I don't care if you're a serial killer. I don't care what you have done. Nebuchadnezzar it tells us in Daniel chapter 4 that he gave it up to Christ. He gives his heart to God. And he's so zealous in it. He says, if anybody doesn't worship this God, off with his head. His house will be made a dunghill, right? But that's how zealous he was. I believe we're going to see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. Yes, nobody thought that Neb- the nebulous one would be in heaven. Nobody thought Nebi would make it, but he is in glory. He's in glory worshiping his king, whom Daniel certainly told him much about. And God proved to Nebuchadnezzar, I'm the one who rules in the affairs of man, not you. And there came a point where Nebuchadnezzar said, you know what, you're right, God. I went insane for about seven years, and here you bring me into your kingdom. What can I do? (laughs) I love it. He's not ashamed to call them brethren, regardless of what they've been. Maybe you've got a sordid background. Maybe you've got a background that if if we were all to have like a show and tell on a Sunday morning, well, how bad was your life? How bad did you mess up your life? Well, let me tell you what I did. You know, and then we go on and we just like, oh, I can't believe this guy's in the same building with us. And yet here you are, saved, hopefully. And maybe you're not. Maybe you're here this morning and you're ashamed of what you've done. And it's okay to be ashamed, because we ought to be ashamed for our sin. But I tell you what, when you come to Christ, He is faithful and just. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to not only forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then He too can say, I am not ashamed to call you brethren. Not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Are you ashamed? Are you ashamed of Jesus' name? Amen. I'm not ashamed. I'll gladly proclaim his name. How could I not? The one who saved you and I. 
who saved me from not only myself in the current time, but saved me from an eternity. Listen, folks, 70 or 80 years is all we've got on this physical planet, unless you've got a really great health plan and you don't smoke or drink or hang out with those who do. You've got 70 or 80 years, maybe 90, maybe 100 if you're really fortunate, but guess what? Like a snuff of a snort of an oxen, it's gone. And then eternity it never ends. So let me ask you the question, and we really will end here. If that be the case, and that's what the Bible very clearly says, you can make the decision of where you want to spend that eternity. You can either spend it with Jesus Christ, or you can spend it with the devil and his demons and all those who follow him. But there's pleasures forevermore in a new body that can withstand eternity when Jesus and being in his presence. There's pleasures forevermore. Or I can take door number two where there's misery and suffering and pain for eternity. Yes, for eternity, yes. The same God of grace and love who gives us this is the same God of grace who says, if that's really what you want, if if you fought all your life and you want to go there and you've rejected my name to the very end, then I allow you that choice for you. You can make that decision. Is that the choice that you want? Honestly. See, that's what the world needs to see. They need to hear that. Is that really the choice that you want? Oh, my friends are in hell. My friends are in hell. We're going to have a party. And, you know. and I'm like, you have ignorance. It's ignorance. They have no idea. And yet God has given us this treasure in earthen vessels to do what? To sit on our holy hill and do nothing? No, he's given it to us so that we would share that truth. Because folks, that is the gospel. It changed my life and it changed your life. And we have to be about our father's business and get out there and start telling people the truth. The truth in everything. The truth in everything. The word of God certainly, but you know what? Truth is, is all around us if we search it out. What is it? I forget the verse. It's, it's the glory of kings to, you know, to search out a matter. God hides it from the simple, but he gives it to his servants. So let's stand and let's pray. Again, forgive me for today. Um, I know I made a really bad mistake by scheduling what I did. So if we could please just be out of here by 12.30, at least the fellowship hall, that would be great. I, I promise I won't do it again. Can I get a raise of hands? Can you forgive me? Just, you know, that way I can sleep at tonight, you know. Oh, okay, Jane's gonna, she's going to hold a grudge. Thank you, Jane. <laughs> Let's pray. Let's give thanks to God. You know, he loves, he, he's so awesome. Father, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you for the gospel of Matthew. We thank you for what all it sh- it's going to show us. And what we've already seen, Lord, you are the great and sovereign God of all creation. You're the great king. You're the Messiah. You're the king of Judah. You're the, you're the king of the rightful throne of David. Lord, you are awesome and sovereign over all things. Lord, would you please fill us with your spirit? Every single one of us here physically and in earshot of this message. Lord, save us to the uttermost if we don't know you. And Lord, for those of us who do know you, cleanse and heal us. Set us on fire, God. Again, revive us, the church in America, and may we get out there and tell people the truth, God. Do it, please, God. Set me on fire. Not physically, thank you. Set us on fire. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 God bless you. 
That's the end of our lesson for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the Gospel of Matthew. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.